Put God first. Your presence in their lives gives them validation. Our children don't need us to be superheroes. If you do these things, the next generation and the generations that follow will live in a world far better than the one we have today. Men, stand up, be fathers. Hey guys, it's Mark, your host and founder of the Inspired Legacy. As always, this is the show that equips and inspires men just like you to unleash your inner lion and reveal your true purpose as spiritual leaders in your home. Well, today, before we get started, I've got some housekeeping that I want to just get out of the way. As you're listening to today's show, as we wrap up, if you think to yourself, man, that was good, or I got something out of that, or there's a takeaway there, or I know a guy who could get something out of this, then please take two seconds and share this message. Share it with a friend. And if you, again, if you got something out of it, take five minutes and leave an Apple podcast review. I'm going to get on you guys here just a little bit. Hang with me here. I get a lot of traction on Instagram and on social media with my episodes. I get a lot of guys uh, reaching out to me there that, hey, they really enjoyed the show. They like the show. The, the show has inspired them to take action in their lives. That's not necessarily reflected in the reviews. So I'm asking you, if you like the show, if you tune in consistently, please leave a review. And I don't do this for myself. The point of reviews is to get the show to climb the ranks and get it in front of more guys. So please, if you like the show, leave me a review and check out our private Facebook group. There you're going to find other like-minded guys who are all about lifting each other up. Uh, guys of all ages, all walks of life, all degrees of faith, and men who are focused on the same thing. Again, to, to learn and grow, to sharpen each other, to lift each other up as we battle life together. And I know that myself personally, I've, I've been going through some stuff and I've, I've gotten a lot out of the group. Guys who have um, not just weighed in on life stuff there in the group, but have actually like called me up and asked how I'm doing. And so again, it's a group of really genuine guys. And so if you, if you like the content here, if you want to dig deeper, check out our private Facebook group. All right, guys, today I've got uh, an episode that I've been looking forward to for a while, or rather a guest that I've been wanting to get on the show for a while. His name is Terry Liggins, and I know him here from the Sioux Falls community where we both live. We serve on a board of directors together. Uh, we run into each other. We rub elbows uh, in the community. And I just, I've known for a while that he's got a story that you guys need to hear. Uh, he's got a, I'm not going to give it away, but he's got a colorful background. Let's just leave it at that. And he's overcome a lot of obstacles, a lot of hurdles in his life. And he's just proof that our stories have a purpose. No matter where you come from, what you've gone through in life, your story has a purpose. And for Terry, he's a man of faith. And his faith gives him life, and it gives him hope. And I hope you guys take something away from this episode. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Terry Liggins. Terry Liggins, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm good, Mark. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, I've got a laundry list of people that I have, like sort of my hit list, if you will, of people I want to reach out and, and get on my show. And you've been on that list for some time, man, and I've been lucky enough to uh, interact with you in the community here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota in a couple different ways. And so I'm glad that we were able to finally connect and we were able to make schedules work. 
but we've got a lot to cover today. You've got a, a storied past mm-hmm. and a, a story of redemption, and I'm excited for people to hear more about it. But before we dive in, tell yeah. the listeners just a little bit about who you are, where are you from, and, and maybe just give us a little bit of a snapshot of your dad bio. Sure. Sure. Thanks, Mark, for having me. This is exciting for me to be able to share my story. I, I've come to to recognize that sharing my story and believing in its purpose and its ability to impact other people's lives is what gives me peace. And I believe that my story is a tool for hope for people to believe in your human resilience, faith in God, and just what we're able to do with a, with leaning into each other. So I'm actually excited and thrilled. I'm, I'm about a week from turning 35 years old. My birthday is right around the corner. So Just I'm, a I'm baby. 34. <laughs> Just a baby. <laughs> Just a baby. I'm uh, 34 years old, originally from Omaha, Nebraska, North Omaha, Nebraska. Growing up in North Omaha, there was drugs, there was violence, there was gangs. Um, I was I was not fortunate in my upbringing being by, you know, I was raised in a single parent home. Uh, my mother has six children. My father um, abandoned our family when I was four years old. Um, and, and I should give more credence to how blessed I was to have such a wonderful mother who always carried joy and was very hospitable. And I've never really seen her have a bad day. She, she's, just a, she's a neighborhood mom. And she set a great example for me, the best example for me when it comes to just being accepting and those things. But, you know, without having a dad around, I certainly wandered as a juvenile, uh, made choices because I didn't have the supervision to keep me on the straight and narrow. Yep. Found myself, you know, on juvenile probation and juvenile detention. And even becoming a father at the tender age of 15 years old in eight days. Wow. So man. now, actually, as a father of three, I have a, a 19 year My oldest is 19. I have my son who's 16 and my baby girl is seven. But I became a dad pretty early in life, Mark. I became a dad at 15 years old in eight days. That's crazy, man. So what was that like? Did you retain custody? Were you How involved were you in the child's life at that age? Yeah, I, I was pretty involved. <clears throat> Granted, I was still, uh, I was, you know, becoming a sophomore in high school. So really leaned into my parents, her parents. And, you know, I would get my son like every other weekend or every weekend or something like that. But I know I was so involved with, with school and getting graduated and, and the pressure of of now being a dad i remember the moment it still drives me today that i remember thinking of my dad and i was filled with such a uh nasty resentful angry frustrated disappointing feeling that i i in that moment um before i knew god i knew god was with me and gave me the gave me the wisdom to say terry your son is going to one day be able to think of you in a certain type of way and and what do you want him to think of you as? And and for me, Mark, from that day, I was motivated to be something that my son could be proud of and not feel about me the way I felt about my dad. So mm. I was carrying a lot of new identity. I leaned into my parents, her parents for about three years before I went to college. But what ultimately what was hard is 
she ended up running away from home, getting involved in drugs. Her parents split after three years. My mother retained custody of my son while I was in college. I would visit him periodically during the holidays and breaks while I was in college at USD Vermilion. And then when he was eight years old and I started grad school, I became a full-time physical custodial parent of my eight-year-old as a 23-year-old grad student. Man, hats off to you, man. Because I, I can I can relate to that to a degree. My wife and I, we dated through high school and we got pregnant when we were 19. So mm-hmm. a little older, um, mm-hmm. certainly not 15. I can't imagine becoming a dad at 15, but mm-hmm. what a blessing to have the wisdom at that age to to realize what your role and your impact as a father could have on that young boy's life. Mm-hmm. Did you come to that conclusion on your own or did you have some, some uh, wise people kind of pouring into you at that point? Oh, I didn't have wisdom around me yet. Uh, I'm, I'm blessed today to be surrounded with very wise counsel, men of integrity, faith, uh, decency and dignity. Mm-hmm. But at 15 years old in North Omaha, um, that message came from above. It just came from inside of me. Um, you know, and, and, and when I look back over my life and as I reflect with my elders today, they would tell me that Terry, there was always something special about you and something different. In fact, I was just home this past couple of weeks ago and my auntie, who's about 60 years old, she says, Terry, one day a missionary came to our home and you were three years old and, and you were touched and you were anointed. And they, and she said that God was with you and that you would do amazing things. And so before I even found God for myself at 19 years old, um, as a sophomore in college, I look back over my life and know God has been with me the whole time. And I would say that was a God moment before I realized how God worked, um, that he would give me that, that clarity at 15 years old. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if you didn't, if you weren't surrounded by wisdom again, if, to have that clarity, that, that, uh, that moment of clarity at the young age of 15, clearly God was watching over you. And like you said, <laughs> hey. he, you, you're doing amazing work now in your professional life. Yeah. We're, we're going to get into that, but I think God had a plan for you early on. And so he, he was making sure that you, uh, I mean, I, I know you got into some trouble, uh, later in life, but he had a plan for you and he was watching out for you. So let's, let's talk about, uh, you finding your faith you just mentioned that, um, did you come to Christ at 19? Is that what I heard? Yep. Yep. That's when I came to God and I was a first generation college student at USD in Vermilion. Go Coyotes. I'm sure that's going to rub some people the wrong way. They're going to have to just deal with that. I'm a jackrabbit. Go Yotes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I was at, I was at USD. And I was a first generation college student. And that experience was also very transformative for me, um, meeting new people, becoming a minority for the first time. You know, in North Omaha, I wasn't a minority. There was a lot of people like me. In yeah. Vermilion, South Dakota, uh, it was a little different. Mm-hmm. But what I found there was a lot of good South Dakota boys and girls. I made a ton of friends, got involved in student organizations and activities. I was on the uh, track and field team, so the varsity track and field team as a hurdler, joined the fraternity, had a great college experience, high-performing athlete, all of the bells and whistles. And as a sophomore, um, I had a mentor who was showing me the ropes and teaching me about event planning and diversity and inclusion, and he actually speaks five languages. He's he's an ambassador for Christ now globally. Um, He was sent to me as a sophomore. And one day he woke me up and said, 
Teddy, Teddy, we have to go handle business. We have to go. And I thought we were going to go do some some event planning. And he brought me to church and he brought me to a small uh, church in Vermilion, South Dakota uh, under uh, it's called Apostolic Faith Church. And so it comes from the Pentecostal doctrine. Uh, not that that makes that much of a difference to me, but just in clarity, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I walked into a building that really believed in fire and spirit and 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 really preaching Acts chapter two and believing in Holy Spirit. And uh, I remember sitting in that pew and this man was talking to me about a God uh, that wanted me to be with him and wanted me to be a part of his family. And that had an unconditional love for me and wanted to give me a security that I never had, Mark. Mm. Uh, it, it, it was so um, powerful to to sit there with the, the, the size of the hole that I had in my heart from not having a dad um, guide me and protect me through life. To have an opportunity to, to come to the father through Jesus, um, it didn't take me long to get up out my pew and go down there and surrender my life and turn it over. And uh, I did that at 19 years old. I was under the discipleship of that pastor of fervent conviction um, throughout my college experience. And, and I've, I've had, and God has just been with me ever since. Um, his spirit is, is thick in me, mm. around me. And uh, without it, there's no way I'd be where I'm at today. Because as you said, I, I came up and get some other hurdles and it was my faith in God that kept me going through and my belief in what he has planned for me. Yeah, man. And I can attest to that. The spirit flows through you. I mean, you can just see it not to, you know, pat you on the back too hard, but you just have this (laughs) vibe about you. And I think that you, you do have, um, you, you bring with you into a room, just a sense of peace and calm. And I think that's the spirit. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So, so, yeah, keep going, keep going. Oh, yeah, I was going to, you know, uh, it's your show. Where, <laughs> where do you want to go next? <laughs> You're in the driver's seat, man. Yeah, so I, I'd say, you know, from there, I, I did the college thing, and I was a very high-performing athlete. Uh, I have six All-American, 12 conference championships, and I became a national champion hurdler for the University of South Dakota as well. But I remember the experience where I was a senior in college and I was about to run the national track and field meet. And I had this conviction that came over me before the finals where I went into prayer and I told God, I said, God, I don't want to win the national championship. If I can't have you first, if I can't have a full experience with you, because what does it profit me to gain everything I've worked for? If if I would lose my soul because I'm not truly bonded with you. And I had an experience in 2008 that made clear to me that God is with me always. And that 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 type of that that experience has uh, made my faith unshakable. So now when we fast forward my life, I go to graduate school. I get um, a master's in nonprofit administration. I get out into the real world and I'm faced with real world challenges. At this time, I'm probably 26 or 27 years old. My son is. 10 years old or 11 years old. I'm looking at shutoff notices and some other things like that. And I was approached by a group of friends who had an idea of how we can make money quickly um, by scheming against the United States government Mm. and uh, not having the discipline I needed in that moment. 
I said yes to something I should have said no to. And and ultimately, myself and 10 other individuals were convicted of conspiracy to defraud the United States government and theft. And I was sentenced to 39 months in prison. Uh, fortunately, I was able to get some time reduced because of a treatment program I agreed to participate in and because I took a plea deal and didn't go to trial. And so I actually end up doing 14 months in federal prison camp in Yankton. And for 13 and a half of those 14 months, I was in that treatment facility learning about irrational thinking and rational thinking, responsibility, empathy. For the first time in my life, I learned about empathy, but I was also under a, a real strict discipline of discipleship with the men of God in that prison through Bible study, through chapel services, through Bible corresponding courses. If one message I have for everyone who's listening, God is with the inmates in prison. God is everywhere. God forgets no one. Um, God is constantly working in all situations. And I know it to be true because my first day in prison, I was met by the man of God. I was surrounded by the men of God. And, and for that entire experience, I was actually able to go deeper in my relationship in God and Christ. And so upon my release in 2016, I, I had no doubt that that God still loved me and that there was still purpose for my life. But boy, was it a tough time in 2016 being released from prison with a couple of felonies um, on my record, but all this skill and education as well um, to try to make life, to try to get redeemed again. Hmm. Wow, man, that, there's a lot there. I want to go back to that moment you're you're at the Nationals and yeah. you're competing for the title. Yep. And you know, having some experience with athletics in my life, knowing that you know when when you're an athlete, you train in the off season, yep. and during the season, you continue to train, you practice, you practice, and you practice. You invest so much of yourself, physically right. and emotionally, into achieving that ultimate goal of mm -hmm. you know winning the whatever it is, the going to state yep. or winning the championship. Mm -hmm. And for you to be willing mm. to set that aside for the sake of your relationship with God, mm -hmm. I don't know many people that um, in that situation of that age that have mm -hmm. the spiritual maturity to do that. Wow. Wow, Mark, that, uh, you know, it, I feel the emotion welling up in me right now. And as you say that, because that moment was life changing for me. And, you know, talking with you right now, and it reminds me of that moment I had when I was 15, right? Like that is just that maturity that you called it is beyond what, you know, my age or, or what you would imagine for a kid like me to have. And certainly this is why I praise God. And I'm so appreciative to be here. I don't, I don't share this story that much. I share a lot of my story, but I haven't, I don't, I haven't had as many opportunities to talk about my faith as I would like to. Mm. And to truly be and truly unleash the full glory of God, um, you know, in the work that we do as Christians, we have to walk a fine line when we're talking in schools or how we carry that work. But I'm so appreciative to have this platform to be clear about where my confidence comes from and, and where my courage comes from. Absolutely. And you are you are right spot on that that moment in 2008, March 15th. Uh, I just, I just humbled myself. And I remember the prayer. I said, God, it doesn't matter that I'm the pride of my family. It doesn't matter uh, you know, that I have, you know, the school record. It doesn't matter 
that 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 people that 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 I'm about to graduate college and you know I've gotten all these different academic accomplishments because I realized Mark that God carried me to that point. My family didn't have the resources to sustain me beyond one semester in college as a freshman. After my first semester in college as a freshman, what sustained me was the love of God, the grace of God, and the favor of God. Mm-hmm. And here I am about to graduate college after my 10th semester, you know, at the national meet, all these things. And I just, I just remembered and I realized that what does it profit me to gain all of these material worldly recognitions and lose my soul. And I told God, I said, God, if you allow me to win the championship and the world lifts me up, I'll lift you up higher. I'll give you that promise that if, when they lift me up, I'll lift you up higher. And that's always been, that's a, that's a word that I've kept with God that no matter how high I rise, um, God is higher and I'll keep pointing up, um, for where my source comes from. And so, yeah, I gave him that promise and I have a really cool picture of me next to a jumbotron with my name in first place, but me kneeling next to it, um, lifting up God as they lifted me up that day, um, in 2008. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I think that it's, a it's obviously, uh, it's an amazing testimony and you are fulfilling that promise now, but I think it's a, it's a, an example of a warning that we all need to keep in mind that no matter how uh, spiritually mature we are, like you were in that moment at the at nationals, we can all succumb to moments of weakness, which is what happened to you yep. when you, you know, you, you were tempted with uh, a quick fix and mm-hmm. kind of just in the a moment of weakness kind of lost your way. And I think that that's mm-hmm. just a, a good reminder that we, that can happen to any of us, no matter how, mm-hmm. you know, devoutly religious we are or committed to Christ we are. I mean, we are all, of the flesh at the end of the day. And we're all, we're all capable of succumbing to those weaknesses. So it's just a good reminder that we've got to be continually dialed in to God's word and what he's trying to do in our lives. Praise God. You're spot on with that. And, and I hope that, that, that my life does serve as a warning. Um, but it also, you know, serves as an inspiration because God didn't leave me even after that. Yeah. Right. Praise God. You know, he, he didn't give up on me. See, we praise God for his faithfulness, not our own. Yeah. It's his commitment to to our lives. Um, we we stray and fall short, but God never falls short. And uh, that's my testimony. And certainly um, it could happen, whether it's it's it's, it's lust for, for money or, or other things. Uh, and at the end of the day, I remember being in prayer um, in prison and realizing that it was clear. Thou shall not steal. Uh, you know, it, it's clear in the commandments how to live our lives. Uh, we are so grateful. We are so thankful that Christ came to give us grace. But it's clear, and even in the Old Testament, what we ought not to do. And you know, I, I can point the finger at anyone else to try to have accountability for what I chose to do. But it was my disobedience that got me that prison sentence. And so, in taking full responsibility of that and disobedience, I recognized that it wasn't God punishing me. Um, it was a consequence for my own choice. And even in it, God kept loving me and uh, carried me through that sentence and, 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 and was with me in 2016 as I restarted uh, my, my reentry into Sioux Falls and back into community. Yeah. You know, I just posted the other day on Instagram. It was a part of a message that our pastor delivered, I think, two or three years ago. And I had posted it on Facebook and it popped up as a memory. And it just really kind of 
it, it hit me in the gut when I first heard it and it kind of hit me in the gut um, just recently when I saw it again. So I reposted it on Instagram mm. and it says, you can't have a testimony without a test. And it just kind of mm-hmm. speaks to the fact that, you know, we're all going to be faced with challenges in life, right? And you certainly were faced with uh, a huge one being sentenced to prison, but mm-hmm. God used it as a way to shape and mold you mm-hmm. into the person you are today. And you allowed that to happen. I think that's the key part in all of this is we've got to be, we've got to keep our heads and our hearts open to how God mm-hmm. uses those moments or those seasons in our lives to, to, to reshape us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To refine us and to, to polish us. Um, you know, in, in the hard times, God is good. In the in the good times, God is good. Yeah. Um, in the middle, in the balance, in the uncertain times, God is good. Even when we can't see what's going on, we can't make sense of anything. He's there. That's right. Yep. Even now, you know, there's a lot going on in our country right now, Mark. You know, not only with COVID, but in the recent incidents that are that are happening right next door in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's 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 tumultuous right now, and it's 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 imperative that we still believe in God and that we do our best to embody his grace over everyone. Yes. Everyone, the police officers, the police, uh, police officer, the police as a whole, um, the black community in Minnesota, as they are responding to their pain. Um, let's, let's, let's hold back judgment. Good people. Let's have grace and, and let's believe that God um, can, can still, come out on top in this and that we, if anything, can be the grace of God over the situation. Let's not go to the internet and condemn anyone Yeah. for, for, for their behavior. You know, the, the, the behavior is a symptom um, to an underlining issue. Uh, there's a lot of trauma. There's, there is a history of racism, supremacy ideologies, and there's a lot going on. Uh, besides just the behavior that you see and we as good people who believe in God, let's be the grace of God. Um, in this situation and let's not condemn anyone. Let's pray for everyone. Let's hope for the best. And let's, let's, let's just, let's be, let's be graceful, empathetic. Let's not condemn or judge. Yeah, I agree, man. I can't really add anything to that. I, I agree with everything you just said. It, it hurts my heart to see what's going on. And it hurts my heart to see how people are reacting. I mean, I totally understand it. There's just so much anger. Um, yeah, it's just, it's hard to see. Still it's hard, hard to, to see. see. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's a good segue too. I know uh, we got a little time left, but still t- today, Mark, I, I have a company called the Hurdle Life Coach. Yeah. So let's talk about that. You've you, Now you're out of prison and, and you, you've pursued a new life in Christ and you're doing good in the community. So yeah, tell us what you're doing professionally. Yep. So the hurdle life coach Genesis comes from my experience as an athlete, you know, winning 12 North Central conference championships, getting some school records, six all Americans and becoming a national champion. I learned how to hurdle. (laughs) One thing I know how to do very well is hurdle. The definition of hurdling is sprinting over barriers. When people when people see a, a race happening, a hurdle race, they think that the athletes are jumping the barrier. They're not jumping. They're sprinting over the barrier. And when you understand hurdling and you do it effectively and you do it correctly, you come to know that you actually create momentum and strength for the next hurdle as you effectively clear the, the one before you. 
And I've come to find out and, and articulate that ob- the, the obstacles and barriers in life are also meant to be hurdles. Man, I love this analogy. I love this analogy. I have connected the dots with the name in the past, but I've never thought about it to the extent that we're talking about right now. And I love that analogy of you've got a, an obstacle in life. When you compare it to a hurdler, hurdlers approaching an obstacle and they approach it with confidence, with speed. They're not timid. And they approach it with they approach it with a plan. Uh-huh. There's a very precise method in the way that you hurdle that obstacle. And I love that comparison. Oh yeah. When you hurdle effectively, you build momentum for the next obstacle. And I've come to help people to see that the obstacles in life are also meant to be hurdled. And we call it hurdle life. And so now today I provide inspiration, education, motivation to students of all ages and community members in all stages of their lives. I love talking to students in high school and college. Um, I'm open to coming into churches. I enjoy working with young professionals as well as they career transition and grow and transition um, through, through that life course. And it's really about helping people in transition. So whether that's from personal adversity and challenges and trauma um, to, to, to career. And so I, I really enjoy, again, that career exploration piece, but personal adversity and trauma really is something I've survived myself, single parent home, teen parent, drugs, violence, gangs, incarceration, history with uh, substance use. Um, today, I celebrate being in active recovery, no longer l- using any illegal drugs to cope. That's been five years. I actually stopped using the day I surrendered to prison. So with that 14 months plus the four years I've been out, it's been over five years since I've used illegal drugs. I stopped drinking alcohol um, over two years ago. I'm probably on my 25th or 26th month of, of, of putting down alcohol as a coping mechanism. And I'm grateful and I credit the mentorship in my life for helping me with that. I've got some help in town with a, a nonprofit organization that helps people with that. I've got a dear mentor. I must say his first and last name while I'm on record and Jack Marsh of this community who guides me in mentorship and has been guiding me since 2016. And now I have a life of recovery and reentry. And so I particularly work with individuals that are transitioning from incarceration or homelessness and dealing with addiction. But I certainly have a lot of fun when I'm able to help people explore career or help students go to the next uh, stage in their life as they're overcoming their obstacles uh, from high high school graduation or working through college. Mm, Man, there's, that covers a lot. I mean, you've got a, well, there's hurdles everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think you've got job security. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm still launching and uh, I'm looking for doors to come inside of and opportunities to, to share this passion and this story. Um, You know, those of, of the people out there like you, Mark, who've, who, you know, rub elbows with me here and there, but haven't had the opportunity to get the full experience. Um, there's a lot to what I'm capable of. And I would love to you know, work in business and industry sector and social service. And so the tough part is being so broad and needing to narrow my focus. But my heart is so big. And so is God that I, I'm looking for doors and opportunities to come through and help with inspiration, motivation, training, um, and, and opportunities for her to life. Certainly. Yeah, man. Well, it's important work and it's, uh, it's legacy minded work and which kind of segues into my next question. And before I forget, I, I feel like I need to have you back on here at some point in the future, because I feel like we could go pretty deep into 
a lot of different areas that you touched on professionally and how that relates to men. So, um, yeah, stand by for another invitation. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, Mark. Let's go deep, man. God's up to something. Absolutely. Uh, but I mentioned legacy, and when we talk about legacy, a lot of people have the standard things come to mind. But when you think of an inspired legacy, so if Terry Liggins is to leave an inspired legacy, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, what that means to me, and it's it's I've thought of legacy, inspired legacy is is I'm, I'm chewing on it now. But to me, what what comes to mind is is something that gives hope to people. You know that 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 it is a it is a it is a story. It is an experience that people receive hope from. That's what I think of when I think of inspired legacy. Because you can have a legacy that's not inspiring, or maybe it's inspiring whether you whether whether you want it to be or not. But what does it inspire? Inspire is the question. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your legacy can be good or bad yep. and it can inspire people mm-hmm. in the right direction or the wrong direction. Yep. Yeah. That's a great point. Yep. I love it, man. Yeah. Terry, you're doing awesome work. I appreciate your time today. Where can people find you online to learn more about the, uh, the hurdle life coach? Absolutely. Uh, and we certainly got some more meat to chew on. So let's get back on here as soon as we can, because, uh, Absolutely. I said, I don't get enough platforms to really talk about my faith in God and my relationship. And I know that God has that for me. It's just where, where, where is he sending me to make those connections that we can put more of his, his spirit out into the world. Yeah, man. That's why, that's why the show exists. So you're going to be back. Amen. Uh, Terry Liggins on LinkedIn, uh, Terry Liggins, Terry grateful Liggins on Facebook, but I also have the hurdle life coach that's on Facebook. I have the hurdle life coach on Instagram and also on YouTube. And so I've got some video content on my YouTube channel. My Instagram's okay. My Facebook is pretty saturated. If you find me on Facebook, you'll see my face. You'll see me interacting in the community, doing volunteer work, um, giving back to the youth, working in diversity and inclusion, and just living out this word, this word that people matter and that God is alive. And I'm intentional about putting out that inspiration and hope on my Facebook. So certainly you're invited to connect with me. If, if there's an opportunity for me to come and inspire a youth group, a church group, a school assembly, your office, anything, I, I would love to come and share my story. Like I said in the beginning, it gives me peace. Um, it, 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 it speaks to the purpose in which I have today. And uh, I, I, this is what I'm doing. And this is what, what I'm here for uh, is to inspire. Love it, man. Terry, we're going to be sure to link to all of those social handles that you mentioned and ways to follow you online. You're doing great work, man. And I really appreciate your time today. Absolutely. And one more thing, let guys, let's be grace. Yeah. Let's be the grace of God um, in these in these uncertain and, and scary times. I know they say God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but I, I tell you what, man, there's some scary things going on around in our community with 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 COVID, um, with violence. But let's let's be the grace of God. Let's be good good people and let's be the grace of God over all these situations. Amen, man. Man, a lot of great takeaways there. Guys, I hope you enjoyed that. That's it for this episode. Thanks again for listening. If you got anything out of today's message, subscribe, leave a review and share our message because when we work together to lift up fatherhood, we're going to change the world one dad at a time. Until next time, live inspired. Live inspired.